Hey guys, welcome back to Warrior Within. Last week we talked about the American dream and how it affects us as men today. But today, I want to talk about one of my favorite characters in the Bible, Gideon. I don't know how many of you have ever struggled with feeling like the world around you doesn't allow you to be who you want to be. So in a lot of ways, we hide ourselves within whatever we're doing. Now, back in Gideon's time, in the moment that God called him, the issue that was going on with Israel was Midian controlled Israel. And so the Midianites would actually take from Israel the supplies, food, whatever they needed, because, well, they were under their control and they could do whatever they want to them. So Gideon was actually a farmer. And what was interesting about him is he was actually hiding from the Midianites the wheat that he was actually trying to get for his family by using a wine press to hide it. So Gideon in himself had and never in a long run ever thought that God would be choosing him out of all the tribes of Israel to be doing the plan that God had in the future for him. I don't know about you, but even for me, there has been times where I've wondered if I was called for something at all, because I mean, I, I was not the best looking guy in the world. I was not chiseled out. I was not uh, the, the guy that all the girls looked to. I was not the guy that all the guys wanted to be. I was not in, in a lot of, a lot of ways. I wasn't the alpha of guys. But that's what made it very interesting how God took someone who was bullied a lot when he was younger, came very shy in a lot of ways, started giving him some type of purpose with sports when I was in junior high, and then moved my whole family from New Jersey to Colorado, and then joined this uh, school that was a Baptist-based school. And I was able to discover more about myself and about God that I could not have imagined. It also helped me to kind of get out of my shyness, though I still am terrified talking in front of people. But, you know, God somehow gives me the energy and the kind of removes that fear as I continue to preach or talk in front of people. It's really neat. But I can remember in those high school years, I had a really distorted version of God where I thought God sat around watching me, making sure I follow the standards. And if I failed, he would strike back at me. He would do things to me. And God really revealed to me in those four, four years that it's not him that all the bad things happen. It's sin and the culture and other people and the choices they make, the choices I make, all that does develop who I was in high school and who I became at the end of high school. <clears throat> With that, even even after going to college and doing drafting, my, my goal was never to be noticed. In a lot of ways, Gideon had that type of personality. So if you were interested in reading the story of Gideon, you can start in Judges 6. There you'll find the calling of Gideon, which is where I want to kind of focus more on than 
what God uses him for, but we'll make mention to it. You see, Midians had totally controlled all of Israel, and the cries were being heard by it, from Israel to God. And so now God is calling someone to lead. So Gideon, as I said, was trying to make food for himself. And God sent an angel of the Lord, which is technically when you read in Old Testament, you hear angel of the Lord many times is actually a form of Jesus appearing. But anyway, uh, he basically called out Gideon and asked him, you know, I need you to lead. You're, you're, you are the one I'm choosing. You, oh, mighty man of valor. And of course, Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the, his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into, into the land of the Midian. And the thing is, guys, you got to understand, <laughs> Israel got themselves into this position. Okay, It wasn't God didn't sit there and go, Oh, you know, I think I'm just going to punish them. No, it's, it's Israel put themselves in the position through the sins that they've done. So God turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do, do not I send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Or Manasseh, Manasseh I think that's how you say it. And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you and you shall strike Midianites as one man. See, the thing is, guys, there's going to be times that we're going to feel we have no worth. And then there's going to be times where we start chasing after the world, like we talked about in the American dream. A lot of times we want to build our identity in the American dream because it's visible. We can see it. And other people can see it. So the value that we chase after is a worldly one. The thing is, have you ever asked God, what purpose do you have for me? What value do I have to you, Lord? Because I, I want to be used by you. Okay. Gideon pointed out how he was of the weakest of the clans and tribe. So God said, that does not matter because I am choosing you because I can, I see the potential in you for my purpose. So now in verse 17, and he said to him, if now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that is, that it is you who speak with me. See, the thing is, what is interesting about this, this chapter is that Gideon tests God's request of him. And now, and I believe in the New Testament, there is a verse that does talk about to test spirits. Now, back then, the Israelite person did not necessarily have direct line to God like we do through the Holy Spirit. Okay. They did have to go to a priest. They did have to ask forgiveness through a priest. And in a lot of ways, the Holy Spirit was not... In, our, in their hearts, you know, there for them in the way that we get to have the Holy Spirit, which is a huge blessing for us. 
So I do think that you do need to test spirits, especially if something doesn't seem right. Because if you're studying the scriptures and you're following it, then you're going to understand God's voice. There's a verse that talks about that his sheep will hear his voice and know it. Okay. The only way you can know somebody is if you know them. Just like when you were younger, when your your mom was far away and you yelled, mom, sometimes not all moms look to see who it was because they recognize your voice. Just like if mom were to call you out, you recognize her voice. The picture and image is that that's how, how you know that's your mom and how she knows it's her child is because you guys have gotten to know each other. That's a relationship. It's the same thing with your wife or your kids or your girlfriend or even your friends. As you spend time with them, you get to know them. So you recognize their voice. You get to recognize how they think. So the thing is, Gideon was uncertain. I don't know if it was because he didn't know God's voice, but I think it was leaning more towards he was scared. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been called to go do something, either by your boss or something that you are uncomfortable with or you're uncertain about your capability of doing it, you sometimes try to make excuses. So, he said in verse 18, please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and send it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. So Gideon went into his house, okay, and prepared a young goat and unleavened cakes from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in the basket and the broth he put in a pot and brought them to him under the terabith and presented them. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock and pour the broth over them. And he did so. Verse 21, then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And fire sprang up from the rock, consumed the meat and unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Now, you would think just from that, plus him talking about the stories of the past, he knows that uh, Moses talked to God through a burning bush. He also knows that Israel was led by um, a cloud during the day, and I think it was fire by night. Okay? He, he hears of all these stories. So you would think, oh, yes, he would say, oh, yep, this is from the Lord. But then this is what he does after. Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. See right there tells me that there was probably fear in him. You shall not die. So now he's being told, don't fear. You're not going to die. Then Gideon built an altar to altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace to this day it still stands at Ophrah which belongs to the Abysiarites which I do not know what that is I'll have to look that up sometime so all that's there and that night the Lord said to him take your father's bulls second bull seven years old and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down he does so Gideon does that He took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord had told him. But then you get to verse 28. Okay. 
when the men of town rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down, and the Asherah beside it was cut down, and the second bull was offered on the altar that had been built. And they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And after they had searched and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the town said to Joash, Bring out your son, that he may die. For he has broken down the altar of Baal and cut down the Ashereth beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because his altar has been broken down. Therefore, on the day Gideon was called Jeroboam, that is to say, let Baal contend against him, because he broke down his altar. Now all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came together, and they crossed the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon, and he sounded the trumpet. And the Asburites were called out to follow him. And he sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh, I think is how you say it, and they took where were called out to follow him. And he sent messengers to Asher, to Zebulun, and to Zephtali, and they went up to meet him. Okay, so now all that's happened, then you have the section where he uses the fleece. Now, most people will remember Gideon because of the fleece, and also because of how many men he fought with to beat the Amor, uh, the Midianites. Okay, so verse 36. Then Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I'm laying the fleece on the threshing floor and the dew on the fleece alone, and it's dry on the ground. Okay, so then, then the other way, he flips it around. So the thing is, God answers both most of those responses. So why is it that even though God is giving him the answers he's seeking, he's still striving to ask for more answers for his questions. Now, I know even for myself, I've struggled with this, especially trying to figure out what God's plan is for me. Because we spend a lot of time thinking about our plans for the future. The younger you are, the more you think about the future. The older you are, you still should be thinking about your future. Because if you're not dead, God still has a purpose for you. That that implies for anybody, whether they're 18, whether they're 78. So the idea is, what we got to understand is that God has called all of us as men to be men of God. Gideon was called out from what he called the weakest to become a man of valor. Do you understand how important that is, man of valor? I mean, that is basically a very good title to have. And if we were to look up the meaning, it means great courage in the face of danger, especially in battle. So God was calling him out to be a man, a warrior for his people. Being fearless, courageous, have bravery. I mean, these are, these are the words that come with valor. And a lot of times when we think about valor, we think of knights, 
We think of King Arthur. We think of being fully armed and leading a bunch of men into battles. I mean, if you ever watched any of the old movies, to even some of the movies recently where you have these knights at the stand and they're, they're just, they look so chiseled out in armor and, and their sword glistens in the light. Like one of my favorite movies of all time series is Lord of the Rings. And I love the battle scenes. I love at Helm's Deep, the way that Aragorn. Uh, speaks up and stands up and says that he's going to fight with these men when he doesn't have to. Um, Aragorn is my favorite character out of all all the storyline, um, especially when the Urukai are coming in and all those men are lining up and the elves show up and you just see just it's that's the image when I think of men of valor when I see a man like Aragorn willing to put himself out there. A lot of times the reality is in stories we can create men to be fearless but in reality a lot of times that fear is very real and it does consume us and it does prevent us to be able to see God very clearly giving us direction how we're supposed to be as men Gideon struggled he had to ask twice the first time he even made an excuse for it like well, of course, you know, it's going to be just wet in there because the only thing there in the ground, you know, like we make excuses when God is calling us to do something and we need to stop. If God is saying to you that he has a purpose for you and he's already called you out on it and you're still ignoring it. Don't. I did that. I was called on 2002 to get into ministry and I excused it by saying I'll get a regular full time job and do ministry part-time. And the thing is, every time I did ministry, I, I, I really wanted to be in it full-time. But you know what? I allowed the fear of, if I choose yes, then he's gonna send me somewhere I don't wanna go. And the question is, what if he does do that? Do you trust him? Or are you more interested in your self-comfort and your self-desire? Because that's what happens. We start following what we think is best for us. We start following what makes us feel comfortable, safe, and there's no risk. And a lot of times when we don't take the risk, then we don't see God really moving us because we, we, we try to keep control over what God can do with us. So it took four years and I finally said, Lord, is there something more for me? And he said, yeah, I already called you into it, but do you trust me? See, the thing is, guys, we can say yes in our heads. We can say yes with our mouths. But do we really say yes with our hearts, our minds, and our spirit? Do we really have that true faith that believing in what he is asking us to do, he will do it? Because I can tell you this, even up to this point right now, and we're talking, I am 38 right now. And he called me in 2002. I was only 22 years old. And still... Up to this point right now, I have still not been able to be in full-time ministry the way that I thought it was going to be. I did have three years, and I volunteered a lot, and I supported other youth pastors and pastors in, in other ways. But I have not been given the opportunity where I've had 10 years under my belt of full-time paid ministry. And I don't understand why when you have, when he's called me to do that. But that's the thing, guys. Do I trust him? Yes. 
was it hard all these years trying to get the opportunity? Because I had to go back to school. I had to do three years. And then trying to find work and spending four years over 600 to 700 resumes reaching out to all these different trips all over the United States and still nobody said yes until we finally get this one and I take my wife and my dog and we we move out to Connecticut that was the first opportunity I got and I took it and God showed me so much about myself and he even showed me that he has called me to be a pastor someday one of my goals, even though I'm doing Warrior Within right now, is I'm trying to actually plan a church out here in Colorado. And I'm waiting patiently to figure out how to get the funds, how to find a job if I have to out there, or if God provides money in other ways that he will have it happen. And I will trust him and he will provide. And he's already asked me to trust him. So that's the thing is, guys. Right now, the way I, I see in front of me is I don't see that there's the answer in front of me, but I do have the hope and I do have the faith that he is doing something, even though I don't understand it. And it's not the typical normal way because it's his way. A lot of times when I talk to pastors, they only see it like, well, why haven't you been able to get it? Why haven't you done it? And the thing is, it's not that why, why have I not done it is because God has not opened the door for anything. So that's why I'm chasing after this idea of planning a church because I feel he's planted it in my heart and in my wife's heart. And he's right now, he's actually using maybe two men that I believe are being called to do it. A third man, I'm hoping that he'll hear the calling and I'm praying for them, but I'm excited. Why? Because there's a hope in God that he's going to do something awesome. It doesn't mean that's going to be easy. There's going to be struggle. There's always going to be a hardships because I could tell you this right now. It's not easy right now. It's not easy chasing after something, not knowing how you're going to get there. I mean, when you think of a racetrack, you know, you're going in a circle and you're going to end back at the, at the finish line. But this finish line is his finish line. And sometimes we cannot see what's ahead. But do we trust him through it? Because we're not promised an easy life. We're not promised a, 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 a path that's going to be clear. We're not promised that there's not going to be hardships. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be trials. There's going to be think times where you feel like you feel like nothing. There's going to be times where that storm is just blocking everything for you to see what's really happening. And the thing is, Gideon saw the Midianites. He saw how powerful they were. He saw how strong they were. He saw the big army and God gave him 22,000 men. And he thought, man, there's no way. And then it shrunk and it shrunk and it shrunk. God used 300 men to defeat over a hundred thousand Midianites. Why would God not use you? do something incredible in your life take this time guys recognize that God can take a man like Gideon make him a man of valor he can do that with you it doesn't mean we're going to go out and fight 165,000 Midianites but it does mean that there can be more than what we think we are supposed to be doing because our plans are not his plans. 
if we're focused on him, we start to see clearly a path that he is giving us. And sometimes it does not fit our dreams. It does not fit the hope that we had. It, does, it may not even be the way we want it to be, but God still answers in his own way. Are you ready to truly listen to him? Are you ready to truly follow the path he has before you? And if he has called you, have you responded? Because Gideon did respond. And even though what he saw in front of him was things, not what he was thinking was going to happen. You know, I think he thought it was going to be a hundred thousand Israelites were going to come out somehow and they were going to fight these, these men and God was going to win because we often see a bigger picture. That's not really the picture God has for us. So when God gives us the small pictures and little things and how we can be blessings to others, how we can serve others, how we can uh, be a part of things and how we can impact our culture, how we can impact our work life or family. Like God has given us so much capability being able to do that. And the question is, are you listening? Are you asking? Are you doing? Has he called you already to do something and you're still taking your time, your sweet time, making, saying yes, because you're scared. Stop being scared. Fear is not of God. Fear is of the enemy and it is part of our sin nature. Ask God to give you courage. Ask God to give you valor. Ask God to make you fearless. And today, get down on your knees and ask God to show you what you're supposed to be doing and be willing to say yes, no matter how hard it could be. I pray for you guys. I hope you guys are willing to open up and that today will be a new journey for you. May today be a huge blessing in your life. Go in peace.